For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number one sixty six of the uh, Ron and Don Show. He's Ron. I'm Don. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios, and don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. In fact, we have listings right now in Everett. We have listings in Bellevue. We have listings in Seattle, specifically on Queen Anne Mountain. And we also have listings right now down south as you head towards Auburn, Puyallup, places like that. And we're about to bring one on in Duval right next to Monroe. And that's going to happen coming up here Friday. People want to get in touch. How can they do that? Yeah, runitonsitdown.com is the place. You can sign up for our newsletter. It's right there. There's a link at the top. Also, if you are thinking about getting into the real estate journey, whether you're a buyer or a seller or an investor... Fill out that button. Uh, well, not fill out the button. Hit the button, then fill out your name, the property address, etc. We'll schedule a Zoom call with you uh, and get you a Ron and Don sit down. Yeah, I'm about to do something, and then I want you to know, uh, or just want to ask you, why am I doing this? Why are you jumping? Yes. Jumping into the deep end of the pool? Come on. No. Jump, no. You're, oh, jump. Yes. Okay, Eddie Van Halen? That's right. Uh, I just got news moments ago. Eddie Van Halen has passed away at the age of 65 of cancer. Mm. He's battled cancer for a long time, uh, and he, I think it started on his tongue, and he was a longtime smoker. If you remember any of the, the famous solos from back in the day, he would take a cigarette, take a real long drag, and then put it between uh, the guitar strings at the, at the neck of his guitar. I just got to say, this one um, sort of hit me because that was a real pivotal album for me uh, on, on vinyl. We had this stereo in our living room as a kid, and I'm trying to remember if my brother bought the record or if I bought the record. I think my brother must have. Was it 1984? No, it was Van Halen 1. Oh, okay. So it was the one, the four quadrants. You had each member of the band and one quadrant of the cover back when you could get an album of liner notes and really take it out and look at the photos. And so the first song I remember, and this would have been when I was a pretty little kid was running with the devil that's the opening moments uh, of van halen uh for a kid growing up in new mexico i never knew i did you just didn't know how to track a music scene in california Mm. when you're a kid there's no internet uh you just had to go to the record store and figure out what was what was available and listen to the radio and so when that song first came on, if you if you can picture it in your minds, uh, I it has just that drone that comes in, and then Michael Anthony hits the boom, 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 you know, and it's just like hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, and running with the devil, it seemed dangerous, it seemed forbidden, it seemed loud and and raucous, and I didn't know how uh, that David Lee Roth did that little squeal growl thing with his voice. It was unlike any other singer I'd ever heard. And then the second song goes right into eruption. And it, it, you know, they always talk about it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I did. I'd never heard a guitar being played like that. It didn't sound like a guitar in a lot of places. It sounded like just this, 
you know, demon bird flying through the air and making all sorts of weird noises, but it was completely enthralling and I had to know who this band was and that sort of planted in my brain what a rock star was. And you had this singer and this guitar player, and then I learned that his brother was the drummer. And so it, the whole thing just came together for me for the moment that I fell in love with rock music, specifically sort of guitar-oriented hard rock music. And then kind of a couple of years later, uh, my love affair with the guitar happened, and, and you, you were part of that, where I bought an acoustic guitar, learned some basic strumming chords, and then you know always just thought of Eddie Van Halen was one of those guys. And when you think about the history of rock music in, in the world, he's one of the people where it rotated around him. So you can think, you know, Robert Johnson from the blues and just the way, you know, the whole deal with the devil at the crossroads where he played unlike anyone else. And you go forward to the Kings, BB King, Albert King, Freddie King, where it really changed around those guys, just a different style of electric blues. And then you move up to the British players. You got Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page and all of those guys that really changed the way guitars played. Then a guy named Jimi Hendrix, Seattle's own, bursts onto a scene and just absolutely demolishes everyone's minds uh, to where he played a completely different way. The 50th anniversary of his death just happened a week or so ago. And you can still put all along the watchtower on and go, holy cow, if this thing came out today, hmm. it would be revolutionary, let alone happening more than 50 years ago. And then next in line, in my mind, on these seminal figures is Eddie Van Halen. For popular music and guitar, there is pre-Eddie Van Halen and post-Eddie Van Halen. And when he started his two-hand tapping, which he didn't invent, by the way, there were other people before him that invented that technique. He popularized it, then took it and ran with it and made it his own in a very music musical way. But a musical genius changed the game. Everyone after him uh, played differently. And a whole, there's a million imitators in all the hairband music and all of that real fast technical playing. They tried to capture Eddie Van Halen. They couldn't because he just had a musicality about him. Didn't know how to read music. Uh, could play virtually any instrument. Played the keyboards on jump uh, and guitar. He could play bass. His brother, of course, played uh, the drums beautifully. And so he just had uh, a joy about him that most other players couldn't. Other guys could play fast faster. Other guys could do all the runs. Other guys ripped off the two-hand tapping technique and modified it in a lot of ways. He just had a joy about him when he played, and it came through in the guitar. Yeah, and you know the thing I loved about him, and I also loved about Valerie Bertinelli, who they were married, and they ended up having a child together. Wolfgang, who's now the bass, or was yeah. the bass player in Van Halen. I look at them, and I'm like, there's two really good co-parents. Because she would come out and, and she would honor him. And, and even when he was battling through some addiction issues and even when he was battling through with these cancer issues, she always had his back. He always had hers. And they did that because they knew that there was a child standing somewhere in the middle. And I think about that a lot of times because you see other parents, they can't wait to go uh, sign up for some Beverly Hills show and just start dumping all over each other. And at the end of the day, I know some of this stuff is scripted, but your kids are watching. They're eight, they're nine, they're 10 years old. They don't know this is scripted. And now you're putting it out there in front of God and everybody so you can make some money and you can cash in on this. Those two never did this. Let, let me ask you this. Is it appropriate 
for people like David Lee Roth now to come out and say, hey, Van Halen is done. I am no longer touring as Van Halen. I will tour as David Lee Roth. But Eddie is dead, and along with Eddie, he has passed away. Uh, we're going to put Van Halen to bed, too. I see a lot of these bands that will go out and they'll hire somebody that can possibly do all the Eddie Van Halen stuff. And then they go out and they tour again as Van Halen. Do you have a problem with that? It, it, uh, it all depends on how the the songwriting and the royalties worked. That, that's strictly a money play. If you've been a musician your whole life and that's how you made your living and you need to pay your bills because you never didn't save your money, then that's what that's motivated by. You look at like a Led Zeppelin where the song like Jimmy Page owned the masters. Uh, Jimmy Page was the producer of those records. When John Bonham died, they call it quits. Why? Because they owned the music. And so they could go forward in their life and be well compensated and not have to, you know, put the band back together to, to eat and to pay rent. And so there are other bands that are not that way, where you look at the, Boston. The, you look at the police. You look at the, well, I'm they're all, those two guys, those two other band members are always calling, always calling Sting and saying, Hey, let's tour. Right. And Sting he has, has most of the songwriting and he has no interest but in it. But you look He's at like, a, Hey, I'm Sting. I'm, I'm, I'm not touring with the police. So. Right. Yeah, a band like Boston where uh, Tom Schultz owned everything. Oh, is that right? And so then what happened to the singer, Brian Delp? He was got zero dollars on royalties. The voice of Boston was poor. He was working in a Beatles cover band, tribute mm. band, wow. and ended up taking his own life. He had no money, and Tom Schultz had all the money. Mm. Then you look at a band like U2, everybody has 25%. Whether Larry wrote a lick of lyrics or not, he gets 25%. And so there's a band that if someone ended up dying, they probably don't have to go on a tour because they're all multimillionaires. You look at Kiss... Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, they have all the money. They've rotated through drummers. Peter Chris is like, hey, man, all I have is Beth, I hear you calling, and I can't pay the bills. Just saying this in bars, because bars are closed. And then you look at Ace Freely, who had his own uh, addiction issues. And Ace at, was out, yeah. Yeah, and Ace was out, uh, but he's been recovered now for a number of years. And I think there's actually kind of a lovely relationship between him and the rest of the band now. Which yeah, is so I don't cool. know how their their deal was set up, but if David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony have any sort of songwriting credits on those first records, they're set for life. Yeah. David Lee Roth, we met him one time. We were doing a morning show in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, what was your take on David David Lee Roth? That he has no off switch. He doesn't. He yeah. just He's very smart. Um, he has the gift of gab in this very non sequitur kind of way. Um, I can see why the band broke up because he would be hard to deal with. You mix in some alcohol or some drugs and some groupies and the ego, uh, and you, the, I wouldn't want to be around. He that was guy. doing karate kicks in our studio like at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's something, man. Yeah, um, it, it was interesting. I was thinking of. This band, Van Halen, yesterday. I was out on a walk with my dog. I was listening to Jump. And I was so thankful for the song Jump. Because every time I would go to a dance at high school, and I graduated in 1985, when the song Jump would come on, guys knew what to do. You could go out there, and it's when moshing kind of first began. We got more moshing as we headed towards the 90s. But we began to mosh a little bit, and I'm wondering if Jump was a song 
where dudes figured out, hey, this is what we can do at a school dance. We can jump up and down and we can knock ourselves out. And really, because I was air, I was air keyboarding in front of girls that are really pretty. No, this is what I would do. Mike Marr would do. Adam Powell, my friend Danny. We would just start. We would put our chewing tobacco in. And then we would start jumping around, and then we would usually swallow some of the chewing tobacco, and throw, up. throw up on ourselves, and then go, I wonder why we can't get a that date. That 1984 concert was my second concert. I went to Black Sabbath in Quiet Riot. It was my first concert. My second concert was 1984 Van Halen. Yeah. Put a bow around this. This is kind of cool. Did you know beanbags are back? Did you know they're back, sitting in a beanbag? <laughs> no. My son asked me the other day about beanbags. Also, for some reason, he knows who Van Halen is. He knows who Metallica is. He knows who uh, Led Zeppelin is. And in his mind, these are all brand new bands that he was telling me about, which I thought was really great. And then he wanted to know if we could just have a room where we could put oversized headphones on and go sit in beanbags and we could listen to a band like Van Halen. And as a result of that, as a result of that, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's like 1985 at my house all I love it. over again. So we ordered a beanbag. It's on its way. And we decided this is going to be a room where we have no screens. This is a no screen Let's room. Let's get a record player. Just beanbags, a record player, some headphones. And we'll hang out with Some black light posters. Yeah, we'll hang out with Eddie Van Halen. Anyway, God bless him soul. Change, he changed the world, man. 65 years young and uh, gone, but will not ever be forgotten that guy is a rock and roll god no doubt about it hey we come back on the other side of this more of the ron and don show including the fact that there's some restaurants in california that they want you to put your mask on every time you take a bite and ron did something at my house the other day that i cannot forgive him for i'll tell you what he did he doesn't even know i'll tell you next right here it's the ron and don show only on the ron and don radio network they're hard workers, they're hustlers, and they're fun to hang out with at the same time. <laughs> when it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what commercial real estate expert Laura Miller did. I purchased a home in Alki, and it was a really cute uh, mid-century modern home. It was uh, a lot of more management than I expected. And I am a broker, but I do handle commercial. I don't do residential. And Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a laydown. Ron and Don seemed completely committed to listening to what my needs were and addressing them. I also got the sense that they're adaptable to what different clients' needs are. So for me, what was important was communication, ability to reach the brokers, to feel like I still had a fair amount of control on the deal. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> the weekend that we sold the house, um, they were really successful and they came up with some creative ideas and they were always present, completely available to accommodate my schedule. Uh, we did most of our meetings in what I would consider off hours, late night meetings, no problem, never felt rushed. 
always felt like they were really attentive to details. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. You did really well. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, episode 166. Thanks for supporting us, uh, and we love supporting you. In fact, we'd love to sit down with you. Uh, we're going to do this again tomorrow morning. Every morning we get up at 7.30, Ron and I look at each other and go, my God, you look horrible. Why are we doing this call this early? And then we can't figure it out. And usually we get rescued by one of you doing a Ron and Don sit down because you jump on the Zoom call. You know what that forces us to do? <laughs> we have to go take showers and comb our hair. Or what's left of our hair? RonandDonSitDown.com. Did I introduce us? I did. He's Ron. I'm Don. Uh, quick question for you. Yes. Have you been out dining? They say uh, three ways that COVID is spreading right now. One, in bars. So a lot of bars have been re-shut down. Uh, two, a lot of people dining out. So now I'm seeing a lot of people trying to dine outside, which I think will be a little dicey. I thought you were going to say two, being at the White House. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Ron. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit. The fact, and I don't get this. I don't get this. We have a Supreme Court justice. She's about to become a Supreme Court justice, and her name will be Justice Barrett. A number of months ago, a lot of people don't know this, but Justice Barrett, or soon to be Justice Barrett, Judge Barrett, had COVID. She had COVID-19. She has people in her sphere that had COVID-19. She is one of the smartest legal minds in the world. You have to be to be a Supreme Court justice. You just have to be. And no matter whether you sit on the right or sit on the left, you have to be a pretty smart, aware individual. A lot of people have been throwing rocks at her because they say, hey, she's involved with this crazy religious organization called the People of Praise. It's a cult. At the end of the day, Break down any religious organization that you're a part of. And when you really started explaining to people, it always sounds like a cult too. Hey, I follow a guy and my grandmother had this nativity scene. He has blonde hair, blue eyes, but he's from somewhere in Jerusalem. He was the son of a carpenter, not a very good carpenter. Anyway, he died a very common way to die 2,000 years ago. He was on a cross. He did that for you and me, and now he's not here anymore, and he sits next to God, and then he's going to come back uh, when we start marking the beast in 666. It's the end of times, and we have all these crazy things like are happening in the world right now. By the way, Jesus, if you were there, this would be a perfect time. This would be a perfect time for you to take the stage. Uh, if you are coming back, I would think biblically this would be a per- perfect time to come back. But anyways, you start explaining any religion to anyone. It sounds a little crazy. So I think we should give her some grace on that end. Where I can't give her any grace here. The president calls a meeting out in the Rose Garden. He wants to introduce her to everybody at the White House and then they want to have this event where they introduce her to the United States. Could not get those alone. chairs closer together. Yeah. If you tried to get those folding chairs closer together, you could not. Yeah. So you see everybody is sitting there. They're there without masks on, including hers. And, and I would think that she would go to the president and say, hey, I appreciate the fact that you want for us to gather in the Rose Garden. But if the folks at Amazon right now aren't gathering and the folks at Twitter aren't gathering... 
And the folks right now at Microsoft are all staying home. If we look at the world's greatest minds right now, they are trying to keep their people safe by staying at home. And I've already had this disease, Mr. President. It's a horrible disease. And I was young enough to beat it. But there'll be a lot of people that aren't. And then there'll also be people like Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, who is there coaching the president, getting ready for this debate. He's 58 years old. He's in the hospital now. And it'll be really interesting. I think Chris Christie is probably 300 pounds overweight, has a heart condition. I mean, someone that caught COVID, and now there's dozens of people that caught it from the Rose Garden. It was a super spreader event. There's a real possibility that someone's going to die from this. Well, not only that, to exasperate that, the White House announced today, I saw in the New York Times, they are not going to do contact tracing from that event. They have elected to not contact trace at a super spreader event. Uh, the, the negligence that stacks on top of this is mind boggling to me, where even when you get, I read another story about the secret service who take a vow and an oath to protect the, the person in their charge and to be willing to take a bullet for them. What if the bullet is sitting in the back seat of the vehicle because it's hermetically sealed vehicle, the beast, and he's breathing on you a deadly virus. Or you go into Air Force One and he's breathing on you while being contagious, knowing that he's contagious, going out for a joyride, knowing he's contagious, uh, coming back on a helicopter, and then the audacity to walk up the steps, be visibly struggling and breathing, which is one of the telltale signs of lung damage with COVID, and take your mask off turn on your heel and go back in to the White House where many of the people that are butlers and housekeepers and, and cooks and valets are people of color who are disproportionately uh, have more severe effects to COVID. It, 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 it's just mind-numbing to me of, of the blatant disregard for human life that is going on right now in this machismo toxic masculinity stance of I'm macho. This is some sort of WWE event that I'm going to crush it. I can't, I'm so enraged by this. And I think the American people are enraged well, by it as well. Well, we expect that from him. We didn't expect that from her. It's like, Hey, we know you come from the right. We understand that. And we get that at the same time. We know that judge Scalia came from the right, but a lot of times judge Scalia was very fair. We know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's from the left. But a lot of times she was very fair. And sometimes she'd do things where you'd scratch her head and go, wow, is she on the right? No, she was being fair and she was looking at the law and she wasn't being swayed by politics. Well, this just same with Scalia on the other side. So let me make this point real quick. She should have told the president and the American people, I won't be at that event. Or if you want me, I'll be on a Zoom call. If you'd like to introduce me, that's the way we're going to do it. But instead, she showed up and she participated in this. And that to me is is incredibly foul judgment on her part and that makes me scratch my head and say do we really want you on the supreme court not because of your politics but because of your decision making here's the other thing joe biden said i'll meet the president anywhere anytime he should cancel this debate and joe biden is afraid to do that because that will give ammunition to president trump the right thing for joe biden to do is say you know on the basis of the president's health and the fact that when we look at the through line when we look at herman cain uh the gentleman who started godfather's pizza 74 years young went to a super spreader event we think which was the president's event he went and he ended up in fact you were sharing kind of herman cain's timeline along with the president's timeline and they seem like they really mimic each other he went to a president's event a rally didn't have a mask on 
gone. Same thing, spiking the football afterwards. Yeah, three I days COVID. later. I like, had COVID. I'm going to be okay. And now uh, he's dead and in the box and no longer with us. It's yeah, like, so those timelines, we'll see what happens with the president. He obviously has 24-hour care. Um, I, I do just want to say, though, before, and we talked about this, and now the foreshadowing's there, this Justice Barrett has not even been confirmed yet. Already Clarence Thomas and Alito have come out and go, yeah, we're thinking that gay marriage thing from 2015. Probably going to want to revisit that. So the, the, like the, the ink isn't even dry on the paper yet. The vote hasn't even happened. And you think of all the, the people in the world, and especially in our area, that have a gay marriage, or just a marriage, two, two people that want to get married, that now their lives are going to be upended because they're already signaling. Oh, we get this one more conservative vote on here. Probably going to overturn gay marriage. It's it's It's... Ah, it's so frustrating. See, but now to I think me. you're mixing apples and oranges. That right there, that 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 is not where I was going. Like 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 that to me is fair. That to me is a fair conversation to have, uh, because the Republicans right now, they they have the right. The law says that they have the right to bring their nominee forward, and things are lined up for them. That's fair. Things will line up, may line up for the Democrats, where they can say, you know what, we don't want to add one justice, we don't want to have two. And we talked about this before. Uh, the size of the Supreme Court has changed. It's always changed since the 1700s when it was started. But pivoting back to her, that's a really bad decision on her part. This is a really bad decision on Joe Biden's part to say, I'll meet you anywhere, anytime, uh, whatever the rules in a town hall setting. He shouldn't do that. What he should do is do the right thing. And if that costs you a couple points in the polls, uh, so be it everybody's playing politics right now. I'll give you the final say on all that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many storylines that we could talk about on this, but it seems, at least in the, the polling numbers that I've read, that the behavior of the president in this braggadocious, shallow, self-centered, reckless abandon with human life is not sitting well with either party, just Americans in general. It seems like they're looking at this and going, wait a minute, so you're saying that I should just, by force of will resist don't let covid disrupt my life my father my friend my loved one died of that so they just let it disrupt their life like people are taking personal offense to this knowing that well my dad didn't have air force one to whisk him off to walter reed to a private station to get a drug that only 10 people have received this drug cocktail president being one of them uh so it's like what are you saying that uh, you have medical access that I don't have and my family didn't have, and I had to watch my grandfather die on a FaceTime call. And so people are getting taking this personal, and you can see that reflected in the poll numbers uh, when you just, Don and I had a friend, a former boss, Darren Arians, that died of this disease. I bet Darren's family would have loved for him to be whisked away to get a, a, a cocktail of drugs that only 10 people have got that could resuscitate his life. Uh, he did not get that option. And so uh, I think that the American people are looking at this and, and it's driving folks farther and farther uh, away from the center. And the thing that if you, yeah, so we could keep going on this, but I, I, I take your point. No. Right. I'm breathing because Ron did something at my house the other day. It's pretty atrocious. I'm going to let him have it next, right here on the Rod and Don Radio Network.
Ron and Don from Radio to Real Estate. When you're ready to grab a cup of coffee and sit down with the guys, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, let's let's finish up episode 166. And thanks to everybody for going out to ronanddonsitdown.com. And uh, we can sit down uh, with you today, whether you're buying, selling, or you're thinking about investing. Even if you're thinking about selling, buying next year, let's sit down this year, okay? We're doing that a lot of people right now. Uh, ronanddonsitdown.com. You came over the other day and I said, hey, if there's anything you want in the refrigerator, because you're over there to help my son uh, and you're supposed to help him uh, with some of his schoolwork and I had somewhere I had to go and I went through uh, the snacks in the refrigerator for him and then I went went over some of the snacks that you could have. Mm -hmm. Okay? One of the snacks that did not go over was the hamburger patty snack. I should, evidently, I should have gone over this snack with you because last night I had Miguel and the team over. Uh, they've been doing a great job uh, framing something, working on, I'm working on a, a daddy right now in my yard. And I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to, when, when we're done today, I'm going to cook for all the guys. And I have four guys. I got four burgers I'm going to make them some burgers, and we're going to sit out together underneath the sunshine. Uh, and we haven't had sunshine because we've been waiting for this fog to burn off. And it never burns off! But uh, it finally burned off yesterday. So the guys are pumped, and they can't. And I got all the condiments out. Everything's set up. And uh, and you know me. I got condiments out my hair. I like the condiments more than I like the hammers. So I, I, I reach for the hamburgers in my fridge. And I take them out, and I got the barbecue start, and I open them up. And number one, number one, there is a hamburger patty that is missing. When I went and I bought these signature patties, there were four four patties at the store. And I open it up, and I say to myself, huh, there is a missing patty in here, number one. Number two, number two, the other three patties... The other three patties are now rancid because whoever had the audacity decide to go in my refrigerator with, with really without asking. There was no permission here. Nobody gave anyone permission to eat the hamburger patty. And I said, I, I went over some other snacks, but evidently, you're you gonna clear. let me talk. Evidently, wasn't you're clear. gonna let me respond to so these let me finish. wild accusations. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. So now I have three rancid patties because whoever took the other patty did did not close the package properly. So I had to walk over and I had to take these patties. I had to throw these patties away. And then I had to get my truck and I had to drive off somewhere. And then I had to go to the store. Risk getting COVID because every time you go to the store, you risk COVID. I had my hat. Do I get to talk here? Went in there, stood in the line, and guess what? Miguel's waiting for... There are 19 people in line at the QFC where I'm at, and the line is not moving! The line's not moving. I'm in line. All I want are four hamburger patties. The self-checkout machines are all broke. So nonetheless, by the time I get back to make the hamburger patties for the guys, the guys are gone. They're no Maybe longer Maybe let me respond so to this. So now I'm stuck myself, and I don't even like hamburger patties with four hamburger patties what happened the other day first off i don't appreciate your tone because i took a you said you were gonna be on for two hours how long were you gone about five hours 
Is that two? But I was is, that, working, is that more or less than two? I was working on our behalf. Is it more or less than two was hours? Was working on our behalf or not R- working do, on Was our there behalf? ever an apology for, hey, I said two and I was really five? No. So let's start there. Hey, can you come over for two hours? Sure. Two is not five. Did I complain? I did not complain. Did I bring it up? No, I did not. We have a standing policy that's over 25 years old that is mi casa es su casa. Do we not? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. That, you, you, mi casa es true. su casa. Yeah, you could. We, is the fridge in or out of mi casa? Oh, you can go through my fridge anytime. So whatever's in your fridge. Right now, if you walked into my fridge, yeah. whatever's in that fridge, which is not much right now because I need to go to the store too. Whatever's in my fridge is in your fridge. Yeah. That's a policy of Ron and Don that goes back to childhood. Yeah, but the only thing you have in there is if cheese you, from when your brother was here and he made enchiladas four months ago. If you nobody came, wants nobody wants But that it's cheese. still your cheese. That cheese smells like your stinky feet. It's pee. still your cheese. So if 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 we were in my house moldy ass cheese. In fifth grade, my Kool-Aid is your Kool-Aid. It just was. You know that I'm our, our green jello is your green jello. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> and then number three. Oh, you have notes. You number notes? three, yes. You took notes. Because you were just flying along with these accusations. <laughs> what are you, why, what are you doing trying to give weak old meat to Miguel and the crew? Should have been fine. The meat. No. Should, the meat should have been fine. Everybody, I mean, Arby said it best. We got the meats. The meats are not a week old. <laughs> When you got the meats, that's got to be fresh meat. So I, I, I do not accept any of your criticisms. How is it, so why did you? Everybody knows though. And you open a package of hamburgers. I, I seal the back with the plastic back. They weren't sealed. They weren't. Sealed. I'll tell you. You, you know what? You, do we you want? Are, you really want to go you, there? You know what? You should have made them. You should have made all four. No, you know if, if you, you really want to go one, there, you, make, you no. make four. No, and then and then I'm you have, already cooking custom grilled cheese for your son. I got. I got to use pizza pockets. You, you didn't clean the pan, though. You left a dirty pan. Why didn't you oh clean my the? God. Why didn't you clean the pan? You don't seal the meat. You don't clean the pan. What is this? And, and are we really going to go there? This O'Neill kitchen. Of, there's a pile of Homer. This O'Neill kitchen. There's a pile of Homer. Does not have the the proper plastic wraps. Where are your bags? Like what? What? You're not stocked. They're all in the galley. You're not. What? You, you didn't show me the galley. There's a galley. I don't know where the galley the is. The room's a galley. That's a galley. It's all in the galley. You didn't go in the galley? I can't believe you were going to give Miguel weak old meats. If I'm Miguel, I'm striking right now. Going on strike. I wonder why you didn't show up today. (laughs) Give me weak old meats? Oh, man. Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by, you guys. Hopefully this show didn't sound like, you know, a weak old meat. Anyway. RonandDonSitDown.com. Uh, make us take a shower every day. RonandDonSitDown.com and comb what's left of our hair. We got the meats! <laughs> we'll see you next time. Head up, shoulders back. Keep that meat fresh. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. HG Force O'Neill, Brains Ogus Operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.